You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James. And so verse 11, with this mindset and this heart is as long as we get the green light from God and the green light will be, we'll show ourselves if they say, come up here, we're going. We're going to go fight those guys. So verse 11 says, both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. So perhaps they thought they're coming to give up or perhaps they thought, wow, these are These are some brave souls coming out of hiding to see if they can fight us. But at any rate, in verse 12, it says, Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you something or we will teach you something. Why don't you come up here? We're going to show you something. In the middle of verse 12, it says, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me. For the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Man, this is the moment of truth. This is the gifting of faith where all doubt melts away and only joyful confidence remains. This is Jonathan with his face set like flint now to the task. These guys are going down because God just said, and God's going to do it. And he doesn't just sit there, get on his hand and knees and pray, Lord, bring the thunder on them. Oh, he, God's not doing it. God's not doing it. No, he recognizes that he needs to go out there with his sword that he has sharpened, with his training that he has done, the hard work that he has put into learning how to use that sword, to his conditioning, to be in shape for the battle. He's got to go there with those tools and resources that God has given him and that he has worked on and let God work through it and infuse it with power and multiply it like the loaves and like the fishes and say, God, even with all of my training and my my sword that I have, it's nothing compared to this multitude, but I'm going to just step into it and give you what I got. I'm going to give you what I can, and I know it's insufficient. It is wildly insufficient. But in faith, I'm going to step into it anyway and watch you do miracles. What miracles? I don't know. Let's go find out. God loves this heart, friends. This kind of faith, man, it just tickles God. And He will step in every time and move in this faith If it's the right heart, if it's the right attitude, if God's given the green light, you just take the resources God has given you that you have worked on, that you have honed, and you just step in and watch God multiply your resources. It's a beautiful thing. So let's see what happens next. It says, Verse 13, and Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. You see, they had to go up that opposite embankment, which was very steep. We saw it. And they had to go up on their hands and knees towards the enemy. 
Man, what a humbling thing, you know, to be scrambling up the hill as the enemy's waiting for you and thinking on the way, boy, I'm starting to breathe kind of hard and getting a little tired here and I got to go fight when I get up there. Just goes to show you how in shape these guys were. So they climbed up on their hands and knees with his, after him, and they, they fell before Jonathan. So Jonathan goes first with his sword. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. So Jonathan engages the enemy with his sword and begins to knock them down. And then as they're injured and they fall to the ground, Jonathan moves on to the next one. And the armor bearer finishes the job behind Jonathan. And it says in verse 14 that that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. 20 men, just like that. All of his preparation, his training, his effort, and his strength become tools in the Lord's hands to bring about the victory But 20 men, that's nothing compared to a massive army. 20 men is a drop in the bucket. But it says in verse 15, and there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. Ooh, enter God, friends. (laughs) Enter miracle time. As the people see this heroic act by the enemy and Jonathan, this bravery and the success, God strikes their hearts with fear so that they are trembling in their boots, their sandals, whatever they were wearing. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked, God sending an earthquake, so that it was a very great trembling. Wow, I just love the poeticness of this verse. You know, this, I'm going to read it again. Verse 15, there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked, so that it was a very great trembling. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. The demons know who God is, and they are terrified of God. Terrified. And friends, you have God living inside of you. Those demons are terrified of you. And man, there's nothing more terrifying to a demon than one of God's children acting in faith, coming against those demons in faith and saying, man, you come at me with sword and with spear. I come at you with the living God. (laughs) Yes. And we can go against the enemy with great confidence, even though the enemy is much more powerful than us, minus God. But with God, man, not a chance. And so we could go into the fight in faith, knowing God's got this. How is he going to do it? I don't know. (laughs) But what if this and what if that? Yeah, whatever. God has given us the green light. Let's do this. 
Let's go. He's calling us. Praise the Lord. Verse 16, now the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and there was the multitude melting away. And they went here and there. Verse 17, then Saul said to the people who were with him, now call the roll and see who is gone from us. Now, I don't know what's going on in Saul's head here, but his first reaction to this noise and this commotion is, hey, let's find out who's missing. Now, it could be that he's, he's thinking, well, someone's trying to take credit. Someone's trying to go and, and take my win or, or whatever. Or he's, I don't know what he's thinking, but, but here he is. He's just taking role. And then it says, and when they had called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. Verse 18, and Saul said to Ahijah, bring the ark of God here. For at that time, the ark of God was with the children of Israel. So now, instead of just going, jumping into the fray, boy, the enemy's melting away. Let's... <laughs> It's, it's time to stop talking. It, it, prayer time is over. It, it's time to act. The only prayers going up at this point should be arrow prayers. God help me as I swing my sword or poke him with my goad, whatever it be. But he says, hey, bring the ark. We need to consult with God a little more. We, we need the superstitious relic to go with us. When God is, he's already given the victory. Just move out in faith. Verse 19, now it happened while Saul talked to the priest that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. In other words, it's become so embarrassingly obvious that it's time to fight. So let's just stop and go fight now. <laughs> and so verse 20, then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled and they went to the battle, and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was very great confusion. Verse 21, moreover the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. So, you know, that, that was one of those situations where the army is really big and bad, and you have to choose a side. And they're giving you an opportunity. And so you go, I'm on your side. When I was little, my dad, uh, he, used to, he used to turn off the lights in the back rooms, and, and we had this long hallway, and he would go hide somewhere back there. And then the four of us boys, we'd be sitting there, and and we would creep down the hallway together, the dark hallway. And my dad, un unexpectedly, would jump out and he would have his t-shirt over his head so that just his face was showing like this. And he'd have these wild eyes. He'd go, ah! And we would all scream and run the other way, you know? It was terrifying. And so then we were going down the hall. And one of us would say, I won't tell you who it was. My mom probably remembers Jeremiah, but I remember me. Dad, 
Dad, I'm on your side. I'm on your side, Dad. I just thought that would be a funny story because, that's, you know, these guys are just looking at the Philistines going, I'm on your side. And so they join with the Philistines, but here as they, as they see the army coming, the Philistines freaking out, they turn against the Philistines and they begin to fight them. And so verse 22, likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle shifted to Beth Avon. <laughs> so it's always easy to come out of your hiding place and fight the enemy when they're on the run already. <laughs> you know, oh sweet, they're on the run. I can, I can chase them down and hack them in the back. And, and so that's what's happening, you know, which is, it's amazing, you know, how God is because he lets them in, you know. He lets us in when he goes before us. He initiates the attack against the enemy. And then when the enemy's on the run, we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, yeah, come on, you can join. You know, that's our God. So doubt and fear are contagious, but so is faith. And I think it's a good question for all of us. What kind of influence will you have? Will you be a person that influences others to have faith and to trust the Lord through their problems or through a, in a call in their lives as they go on the offensive? You know, the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That assumption is the church is on the offense. The church is storming the gates of hell instead of a defensive thing, you know? And so we, our prayers can be very defensive sometimes, a lot, <laughs> mostly maybe. God, help me. God, heal me. God, provide the financially because I'm hurting right now. I'm in a bad situation. I need you to come rescue me. Defensive. There's nothing wrong with those prayers, friends. Those are good prayers. But when you look at the prayers of Paul for himself, hey, pray that God will give me an opportunity to effectively and boldly share the gospel. Pray that these people's hearts would be touched by the Word of God. Pray that the evil that we see proliferating in our land will be vanquished. Pray for a move of the Holy Spirit against the enemy. We want to see the expansion of the kingdom of God. We want to join Him as He conquers, as He is fighting. Let's try to shift some of our prayers from just defensive prayers to offensive prayers. And let's be ready to shift from just, I hope nothing bad happens to me today. I hope I make it through the day without, you know, slipping and falling and hurting my toe or whatever. To, I hope that God, you'll use me 
to make a difference in somebody's life today. Offensive, you see, on the attack against the enemy. So have you been more on the defense because of doubt and fear? More like Saul, maybe, sitting beneath the pomegranate tree? Is God calling you to lean in a bit more, to march forward, to go on the attack? Romans 12, 21 says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, with good. So our weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We have spiritual weapons. And it says here that we overcome evil with good. And the exercising of these weapons is is to produce goodness. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's good works that God has prepared for us, and he wants us to walk in them. Jonathan is walking in a good work that God has prepared for him. It's to display the power of God and give him glory through faith. It's the same for us, friends, today to display the power of God in and through us, to give him glory as we step out in faith, in faith, and enter into that ministry or continue in that ministry or bring that ministry to the next level as God would lead and prompt you. We just started supporting an organization as a church called Living Well Pregnancy Counseling. And this organization... They have clinics and they have um, ultrasound machines and ladies will come in who are pregnant and perhaps considering abortion and they will give them an ultrasound and because they take no government funding, they will share the gospel with these girls and show them their baby and how their, their baby is alive in the womb and many of them will change their minds. And many of them are impacted by the gospel message. You know, I just mentioned them as one example. Because who knows what God's calling you to? Not everybody could be counselors with living well. Or maybe sponsor children with Compassion International. Or plan an outreach for neighbors. A worship night in the neighborhood. A prayer box in the front of your house start a home Bible study, have a homeless ministry. It doesn't take a lot of organization to have a homeless ministry. When we were at the old church, I would grab some waters and walk down the railroad tracks, and we had those people living back there on the railroad tracks, hand out some waters and pray with people. It doesn't even take a lot of planning. It's just, oh, I've got an hour. It's lunchtime. I think I'll go for a walk. And you'll run into people and just say, hey, I just felt led to tell you Jesus loves you and move on. Social media posts go live. Discipleship, the list goes on, right? But God wants us to be about something. And so if you're about something, stay about something. 
Keep going, friends. Be encouraged in the Lord. These are the last days. The devil doesn't want us to be on the offense. He wants us to give up. He wants us to become discouraged. He wants us to lock ourselves up in our homes and just do nothing but entertain ourselves, you see. But God, he wants us to go into the world, go into the world, and he wants us to, to share, to love, to do good works. He wants our good works to be seen of men. Remember he said that? Let your light shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Jesus was our example. He left his station in the light of heaven to invade a dark world, to bring the light of his love. He lived a life of sacrifice. He busied himself with preaching, with teaching, with discipling, with helping the poor, with healing the sick, helping the needy. He took the time to pray. He resisted the devil, and he gave himself up to die for all of us. And he said, if you want to be my disciple, my follower, if you want to be a Christian, because that's what a Christian is, is a little Christ, a little follower of Christ. If you want to be a Christian, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself. Follow me. Follow me. He said in John 17, 18, as he's praying for us to the Father, he says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So just as Jesus was sent to do these things, so you and I, as the body of Christ, are sent to do these things. And we can only do them fully if we do them together. Because you can't do what I do, and I can't do what you do. But if we all do what we're supposed to do, we're the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So we start in faith. We keep going in faith. We finish with faith. It's all about faith, whether it's salvation or it's serving the king and getting into the fight. God is powerful, friends. God is good. God loves you. He has promised to be with you and to give you his favor. Now go. Go. Be a Jonathan. Get on your hands and knees and crawl up the mountain and go after the enemy because God's got a plan and he's going to do a great miracle and there will be a great victory. And don't miss out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your word. It's powerful. It's rich. Lord, we're inspired by this story as we see this great man of faith who just sets aside his concern for his own body and his safety, and he just trusts you with it. He commits it to you, and he goes into the battle, and you do an incredible miracle as the enemy become fearful and even begin to fight each other in confusion. Lord, we thank you that you want to do similar things in our lives, in the spiritual. You want to take demons and powers of darkness, and you want to see them flee as we come against them in prayer and in the activities of faith. God, give us faith. We can't drum it up for ourselves. 
beyond reading the Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and believing it, God. But it is a work that you do in our lives. God, we ask that you'll do it, Lord. Use us in these last days. Keep using us, God. Help us to be not just hearers only of the Word of God, but doers. Doers, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not saved today, today's the day of salvation. Receive Christ as your Savior. You can't save yourself. You're not good enough. You never will be. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good, much good you do, you can't, you can't earn glory. God's too perfect. He's too wonderful. You can only get saved through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You see, He did it for you because you couldn't do it yourself. And so it's real simple. We just say, yes, Lord, I receive you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I want to be part of your family. I'm yours, God. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you. To let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get in Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim.